Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app, Spotify, Red Circle, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, also the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like and subscribe and check us out on FiveReasonsSports.com. We do not have a paywall. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That includes our friend Arash. You can find him in the Sunrise area. We can service the entire area. MortgageByArash.com. That's MortgageByArash.com. You can reach out to him at 954 954- Six five one two zero five seven. That's nine five four six five one two zero five seven. Why should you reach out to him? Competitive rates, down payment options as low as three percent, fast closings, most in less than twenty days, credit scores starting at just six twenty. First time home buyer programs available, also borrower assistance programs available to help with down payment and closing costs. We know how difficult it is these days to secure a mortgage. To get yourself into a house, reach out to our guy, Arash. Again, 954-651-2057. That's 954-651-2057. Mortgagebyarash.com. And now, today's episode. Down to Biscay. Yikes. Yes. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard. Couple scars. Wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust. It's probably have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I got Brady Hawk. You can follow me at Brady Hawk 305. Alex Toledo, you can follow Tropical Blanket. If you want to catch my episode with Greg Sylvander, we put that one up yesterday, and also my episode with Sam Amick of The Athletic, in which we talked about Dame Lillard and Bernie. Uh, we are not going to talk about Bernie on this particular episode, but we are going to sort of, we're going to deep dive on the strategy of this and the chances of this series coming back to Miami on Thursday, Monday night in Denver. Of course, game five with the heat down 3-1. We'll be having a watch party at Tropical Distillers. It is free to go. If you want to drink a lot, drink to the season, drink to the heat winning, to them losing. We got $40 all you can drink the entire night. So if they lose, that's going to be interesting at the end of it. It's based uh, uh, Tropical Distillers uh, is in the Alapata area. We've done a couple watch parties there as, as already. Uh, and again, whatever the outcome, it should be a good time. But we're going to deep dive on the strategy here and how you get this thing back. And, and look, I, the, the answers that people are providing on Twitter which, of course, is where we go for all of our strategic information. Let me go through these with you guys, uh, and you tell me which ones make sense. One is Max Struess, uh shooting 20% on open threes in this series. He's really struggled. Offensive rating of the current starting lineup is under 100. Uh, I think it's 97.9. That's a significant dip from the past three rounds when that lineup is played together. Uh, more consistent with the regular season, but there was almost no sample size in the regular season. So one suggestion is, well, you just simply sub in Duncan Robinson for Max Struess, and away you go. That's one option. The other option that people are talking about is why not play Haywood Highsmith more because the bench unit, Bam and Jimmy with the three guys off the bench, the defensive rating is almost 130. So why not, which is not good. So why not plug in Haywood Highsmith there for some limited minutes uh, at least to kind of slow Jamal Murray down, even though, again, they did a pretty decent job on Murray in the last game. But the outsized attention they had to pay to him allowed Aaron Gordon and others to get going. So those are two of the options. And then there's like sort of more nuclear options, right? Like just blow the whole thing up and play, you know, a whole bunch of different combinations that you haven't played before. Switch defensive coverages 
on Jokic constantly, which they're sort of doing already. I'll go to you first on this, Alex. What would, I mean, if, if I was to say, here's a fix. I mean, I know there's no one fix, but give me something that might help. Man, it's honestly, when this series went back to Miami 1-1, I did not think we were going to get to this portion of the conversation so quickly. Like, you know, you blinked and all of a sudden it's a 3-1 series going back to Denver and we're talking about, you know, blowing up the game plan, blowing up the rotation. And I completely get it because, um, you know, there's some frustrations uh, from my end too, but there is no easy fix. There, there, there really isn't. I think there's things that you can mess around with and we've seen Spo in the past, um, you know, do this, make these time, types of changes late in a series when he feels like his back is, is against the wall. The difference is he's already made plenty of changes, including to the starting lineup. So I don't know how much further he's going to take it, if he's even going to change the starting lineup anymore at all. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he messed with the rotation even more. We saw last game, um, he even though it was pretty much the same players playing, he changed the rotation pattern where I believe it was um, – Jimmy came out first and then uh, Bam came back in and I, I may have it backwards. I'm trying to, I'm trying to recall at the time, but they basically messed with their usual rotation pattern and they actually went on that run with Jimmy and Cody Zeller. Um, and really, I think there's going to be more of that. Maybe you see that same pattern again. To me, I would totally be okay with starting Highsmith. I would totally be okay with starting Duncan. I understand why Spo is probably not going to end up making both of those changes or even one, but uh, I think both of those guys have kind of, you know, in, in, to different degrees, shown their, you know, shown their their value here. I think Duncan and, and everybody's seeing it now. Even people who weren't really fans of Duncan before and have been trashing him, him and his contract for years at this point are like, no, that guy needs to play more. <laughs> you know, he's making things happen not only as a shooter, but people are are, are seeing what that gravity does, whether it's him getting to the basket himself or creating for others uh, because of, uh, you know, defense is worrying about him. I think Duncan definitely has some use. It's just there's so many factors at play because, like, I personally would like to see Highsmith starting so that he can get the, the assignment on Jamal Murray and so that Jimmy can kind of stay back. They ended up doing a lot of that anyways last game because, um, you know, they would switch Gabe onto Murray uh, at – as the assignment, they would put Caleb onto Murray as the assignment. Um, I think Highsmith did a great job of that in game one. He offers more size and length if you want to kind of go under every now and then, which is very risky to do uh, on a Jamal Murray screen. Or excuse me, on a Jokic screen for Jamal Murray. I think Highsmith just makes a lot of sense. Um, but I don't expect that to happen. Maybe you could see get see him get some playing time. I don't expect him to start. I like both of those moves. And then the other factor is... Tyler Hero, like, and I know none of us are really expecting him to come back for the series, right, based on everything that's come out. If we didn't already know that, he would be another factor in this conversation because I would totally not be against him playing if he's feeling up to it, of course. I just think, you know, the guy was your third best player all, all year long, and they kind of need the buckets at this point. Uh, even if you just play him off the bench for a little while in a reserved role, I, I, I think he would be useful too. I just don't think he's going to come back based on everything you guys have said and reported. Um, so it's very complicated, right? And this is just like player stuff, not even getting into um, schemes or anything like that. I would definitely play Duncan and Highsmith more, but that doesn't mean it's going to fix anything. And it's not no shots at Kevin Love that I say that, by the way, uh, that Highsmith should start. I think Kevin Love has been pretty good for them in this series. It's, it's more about conserving Jimmy's ankles and the kind of the effort that he has to put out there. And I think 
you know, he's kind of at his best as a roamer anyways. The problem is he hasn't had that same impact as the playoffs have gone on, and specifically in this series where people have pointed out three straight games with no steals. And that's, you know, he's one of the best in the league at doing that. The, the Heat were one of the best in the league all year. And for most of this playoff run at forcing people into turnovers, and Jimmy was the head of that particular snake, he's not doing that stuff anymore. So putting him back as a roamer, I think, would help get some of that stuff back potentially. If you just do it full time, he can conserve his ankles. And that's kind of where I go from there. I just think he has to – he's given you offensively as much as he can give you, especially these past two games. You need some of that defensive impact to come back, and you have to find a way to contain those guys. I think that's first and foremost because the answers have not been – have not been obvious. All right, we lost Brady there for a second, but he's coming back. Um, and, and you mentioned the, the turnover situation or forcing turnovers. Again, Bam Adebayo had more turnovers by himself, seven, than Denver had in the entire game combined, six, uh, which is an indictment, some of Bam, but it's also an indictment of the fact that the Heat are not doing the thing they did best in the regular season, which was forced turnovers, which helps their offense. Before we get more to these specific rotation things, Brady, let me ask you this. Do the Heat have more of an offensive problem or a defensive problem right now? Probably an offensive problem, honestly. I, I probably lean that direction. Like, you're going to have a defensive problem if you're playing this Nuggets team. Like, they're just that good of an offense. But they're not even putting up 130, 120 points out of you. It's not like they're absolutely dominating you on that end. It's just that you're not able to match them. And, and that's why I think it's a lot on the offense. And it's a lot on uh, some of the stuff that we're talking about rotationally plays into this. But it's also some of the scheme stuff where it's Denver made the adjustment where they're not going to help off your shooters. They're basically mm -hmm. saying, Jimmy, you beat us right now because you hadn't seemed like you have the burst to beat us one-on-one, -on -one, getting to the basket, making those plays, and being efficient down there. Uh, so we're just going to stay home. So – that's where the offensive problem lies. And I think that's where it leads into the, the rotational stuff, because there's a couple of reasons to why I've been talking a ton about Duncan needs to play more. Like even after game three, it was like, he played 13 minutes and he even played down the stretch of that game with like the, the third stringers. It was like, why is he only playing that many minutes? And it's funny because I feel like every time he's on the floor, like it's been very effective. And I know everybody was like, well, there's this defensive stuff. I don't even think he played that bad of a defensive game in game four. I thought he did a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of the other guys that were actually playing probably worse defensively. Um, and the other thing is if you're staying home on shooters, you need a guy that's going to be able to put the ball on the floor a little bit or run different sets. Duncan's been able to do that. Like he's been putting the ball on the floor better than a lot of the uh, like role players on this team in this series so far. So that's been kind of a weird thing to me. But the thing is my personal thought on it. I honestly don't even think I would start him. I just think I would play it more like it. Cause there's still the chance as much as we talk about max, there's a chance he starts the game and gets hot. There just is. And if you don't want to believe that it is what it is, but there's that shot. The issue is that when you when he's not hot and you yeah. play him the entire first quarter and then you start him in the third quarter, that's where the problems lie. Like, it let him get that initial stint. If he doesn't have it going, you bring in Duncan. And if you want to change a lineup, change the second half lineup. That's when you can make yeah. your adjustment. But I don't think I change it right away. I think Gabe and Max have kind of proven themselves along this run that they can have their moments. Uh, so I keep them in that range. And the Highsmith thing is interesting, too, because I, I don't really understand. It's not even that uh, I personally think you should start. I just keep saying I don't know why he's not back of five. Like, the Cody Zeller thing, I know you have to match with size, but if you're at this point with your backs against the wall down 3-1, Bam and Jimmy are going to be playing 45 minutes. So you just need you need somebody that's going to be able to take the Murray guy, the, the Murray matchup. And if it's not even for that, and you mentioned kind of the, the Gordons and other guys beating you, you we act like Haywood Highsmith can't handle a little extra size and the guard of Gordon and kind of play in that range. Like I feel like there's so much versatility with that. Uh, but to get back to your original question, I really do think it's the offense, and it's it's a lot – as much as we talk about schemes and we talk about the role players, we talk about the adjustments they made. 
it really is as simple as they just need their top guys to not be inefficient. Like they need their mm-hmm. efficient stars to be there uh, because they can't make up for that because you're not going to be able to hold this Denver offense as much as you have in other series where it's like you can rely on like a Jason Tatum or a Brown being inefficient or, or Brown giving the ball away with turnovers. This Denver team, and I know we always say the the beating yourself thing, this Denver team is not going to beat themselves in that in that manner. They're just going to kind of roll on in a way that if you're not playing your game offensively, you're going to be in trouble. So that's the the, the question. I don't think it's a big change up. We're not going to see a major adjustment away from what they've been doing. But I think the minute distribution is a very more important than we're probably giving it credit for. Yeah, I mean, you talk about them doing what they do. I mean, Nikola Jokic is a 30-point, 14-assist game away from averaging a triple-double, a 30-point triple-double for the entire playoffs, which is a 20-game span if you, if you include this upcoming Monday night. He's a 30-point, 14-assist. Does anybody think he can get that? Because I think he can. He's done it consistently over the course of the playoffs. So you're not slowing him down. It is really about being able to match them. And you're right, Jimmy's inefficiency – um, again, under 50%. So now we're talking about 12 of the last 13 that he's been under 50%. Bam has been inefficient uh, for him over the past couple of games. And, and the turnovers, to me, are part of efficiency. So that plays into it. And again, they're not forcing turnovers on the other end, so they're not getting themselves any easy baskets. All right, we're going to talk more about other things that they can do uh, here as we go forward. But I, the, the one thing, too, is this. I give Max a lot of credit for stepping up and, and speaking to the media after the last game, and Barry asked him some tough questions. I've never seen Max quite like that. I mean, I know he's hard on himself, but that's the first time that I sort of saw a crack uh, in one of their role guys. We talk about their alpha role guys where there's a frustration level, and I just wonder how he's going to respond to that because I'm not accustomed to seeing that from him. He's been very hard on himself. Um, he's taken accountability. He's just Shots are not going in. And, and the one thing is this. Max does other things. Okay, for sure. Uh, But he does not create the gravity that Duncan creates. He just doesn't. The other teams don't respect him to the degree that they respect Duncan. And we see that that opens up the offense for others. And that's why I think you've got to pair as many Duncan minutes with Bam minutes as possible. Maybe that doesn't mean starting first first half. But if Max is not good, you have to start Duncan in the second half like that. You have to and just get him out there with Bam. Just play him more. Either way, but yes, I mean, but but again, play him more and make sure he's out there with Bam. There should not be Bam. There should not be Duncan minutes where Bam is not on the court because we know how well they they play together. Max and Jimmy was a thing too, uh, but it really hasn't been of late. All right, so let's let's get some more of that uh, after the break. We do want to mention if you've got a mess in your house, kind of like the Heat do right now, reach out to Water Cleanup of Florida. You can find them at wcufl.com. They've got a preventative program you should check out there. Uh, but again, if things happen, and we know they do in South Florida, you got hurricane season coming up, 24-hour emergency service. Reach out to Michael, Robert, and his team at Water Cleanup of Florida. They can do the leak detection for you, mold damage, any of that kind of stuff. They're based in Boca Raton. Huge Miami Heat fans, by the way. It's like a shrine to Udonis Haslam there. Uh, but you can reach out to Michael at 954-579-0356. That's 954-579-0356. They got more than 70 five-star reviews on Google and, again, WCUFL.com. And I say this all the time. The best thing about them is they're honest. Like, if they can't get a a job done, they will tell you. They're not going to pretend to do it and then upcharge you. That's just not the way that they operate. So reach out to them. Water Cleanup of Florida, 954-579-0356, WCUFL.com. If you've got the schmutz, 
They've got the guts. <laughs> Thank you. One of you has the guts. Doing that. All right. We'll mention our other sponsor, Better Edge, here a little bit later in the program. All right. So let's. So we talk about okay, more Duncan minutes, maybe some Highsmith minutes. Let's get into specifics of how they're handling certain players. Okay. Um, Brady, I'll go to you first this time. Jokic. Is there anything they can do? I mean, they got him in foul trouble last time. <laughs> like. <I don't, laughs> They got him off the floor. That seems to be the best thing that you can do. But anything else they can do to affect him? Man, that's – it's so tough to, to say one thing or, or, or find something because they've tried so many different things and it's like what has looked the best? And I think that's the main question here. And the the main idea I think is that, that Spo quote where he was like, make him a scorer. But I think the reason he responded like that and it's the reason we're seeing is like you can't really make him a scorer. Like it's like it, yeah, it worked out in that one game in the natural flow of the game. It just happened. But you can't just walk into a game and say we're we're gonna make you score tonight. We're not gonna let you pass because there's so many things that they do and you can't really take it away. Uh, so what do they do? Like I I think the Highsmith thing matters because as you saw in Game Three when Jimmy was ro- going around top of those screens and letting Murray and Jokic just run two on ones one after another and just letting them play that way, you can't let that happen. I thought Jimmy was a lot better on Murray to start that game in game four. It just so happened that nothing else was working. So it just, we didn't even get to discuss it. Uh, but you have to be glued to Murray to make this all work. Uh, I just, you cannot let the Gordon thing happen again. And I know it's like, you, you, whenever there's a role player that goes off, you're like, well, you have to live with that. But you can't let him, I guess, overpower you with size like he did in game one. But you also can't let him there be so much focus that you kind of lose track of your off-ball defense because that's something they've always been good with. Like, that, that's just how they've always been good with that. And that just speaks to the volume of how focused they are on those two players in Denver because they get, like, lose track in that way. So that that's kind of the thing. I guess the main thing that I guess you could adjust to is we didn't see a lot of zone in game four. And that was the thing that bothered him originally. But then in game three, they made the adjustment to kind of play him in different spots and he found ways. But I wonder if there's like a way that they play a different kind of zone and they muck things up in that way, where maybe they play more length and they just go to a different kind of zone. Like in in the two to one press, we didn't see a lot of either. And I thought that's been their most effective form of defense. And it's not that it's gets them into worse shots. It's just that it plays them in the back of the shot clock. Like you do not want to let this Denver team pick you apart, your defense apart in the half court. When they play that 2 to one press, their first action comes with like 13, 14 seconds on the shot clock. I would play – just go full AAU and play 2 to one <laughs> press the whole game? No, probably you can't do that. But but play it as much as possible because I just think that's an important part of this. Um, and the last thing I'll say, because I didn't mention it before when we were talking about the rotation thing, but you were talking about some numbers. I was looking at the, the lineups before of like – so if we keep Jimmy, Caleb, and Bam as the front court and then we add Gabe and, and Max in the back court, that lineup has like a 97 offensive rating. You flip Gabe and Max into Kyle and Duncan, it has like 132 offensive rating. And that's just in the finals alone. I don't know how much that matters, but those a lot of those lineup in, in advanced stats were just very eye-opening, it feels like, in that way. And that's why the Duncan thing probably makes even more sense. But you also need your veterans. And now that when you're down 3-1 and Kevin Love's been through it, you have Kyle Lowry who's sitting there and he, he's on the podium saying all the right things and saying that the, like this is what they're they're made to do and all this stuff. They're going to need to play those guys a lot because they've been through it. And as much as you talk about like their alpha role players kind of looking broken at times at this point, that's why you need to lean on the main guys that that have been through this before. So I'm just interested to see if they if that's what we see, if we see them leaning more on the veterans than usual. Yeah, only 11 times uh, in NBA history has a team come back from 3-1 in any series. And actually, there's a bunch of players uh, in this finals who did it. Uh, Denver was on the other side of it. They were down 3-1 against the Jazz in the bubble. 
And their top three scorers in that series were Murray, were Jokic, Murray, and uh, and Porter. And they came back and, and beat Donovan Mitchell in game seven. Of course, Kevin Love was part of the 3-1. Didn't, uh, didn't the Nuggets teams. also do it the round after in the bubble? Uh, did they? I don't I don't I know. Against the Clippers, were, yeah. Oh, they were down 3-1. Well, again, I should have assumed it was – well, that wasn't even a doc team. Okay, so there we go. Um, But let, let's uh, – only 11 times that it's been done. But so – and, again, there's experience with Kevin Love on this. I, here's the thing about – um about Jokic, Alex, that's just crazy. He hasn't had, like, even LeBron going through long playoff runs will have a game or two where he's just inefficient. Like, he just has an off night. Like, I'm not even talking about 2011. I'm just talking about there's always one with LeBron over the course of, and other great players. Kawhi, uh, even he has had one or two. Like, I was going back through Jokic's game logs. Like, he's had one uh, one game that was kind of subpar, and statistically, and every other game, he's been up here. So I don't even know what you do with him. It, it does seem like you know getting Murray to be somewhat less efficient in the last game is kind of the direction that you go. But then again, Gordon got off. Um, and, and we still have not had anything close to the kind of game that Michael Porter can produce. I mean, he's not this bad. Uh, so, I mean, he shouldn't be over over this course of time. Certainly not with he's getting paid. So what do you do? I mean, you just what do you do with Jokic? It just it just seems like he's impenetrable at this point. That's and that's the thing. Like, <clears throat> excuse me. The more time goes on in this series, and I felt this way after Game One, but just the more time that has gone on, the more I'm like, I don't know that they're gonna find answers, and that's why I have kept yeah. leaning back towards the defense because yes, the offense is a big big problem. And I was looking at some of those shooting numbers, by the way. The Nuggets are finishing at the rim about 11 percentage points better than the Heat. Um, they're also shooting better by a couple percentage points for mid-range, uh, by a couple percentage points from three. So, yeah, the offense is definitely a big problem. The thing that really has has concerned me this whole series and the more the time has gone by is you don't have an answer to guard them. And you guys already went through some of it there, but, like, there are things that have worked at, at times, but then the Nuggets just have so many counters, and that was the theme of the last game, right? It's like... You're going to play them a certain way. If, you know, you're going to blitz Murray. And, yeah, you kept him to a bad shooting night. It was like 5 of 15 or something like that. But he had 12 assists and zero turnovers, if I remember correctly. And he yeah. said it uh, post-game that he knew that they were blitzing and sending two, and he wasn't going to fight it. He was just going to play, uh, you know, kind of do what the defense is making him do, which is find other guys. And if you have two guys dicing up your defense at that level, like what are you going to do? There is no right answer to guarding Jokic and Murray and the Nuggets because of the way that their team is built. And also just the way that those two guys read the floor. Jokic obviously does it at a higher level, but Murray is very good at it himself. The Jokic thing, the guy is just unlike anything I've seen before, man. And I know that, you know, I didn't grow up watching the the, the era of, you know, bigs dominating the league, but really I, I think Jokic is such an individual unique problem that I, I've never seen anything like in, in the league where it's like, he can legit score from any position on the floor you put him at. He is maybe probably the best passer in the league. He's seven mm-hmm. feet tall. I, I don't know, around 300 pounds, maybe a little slimmer. And you cannot speed him up. You cannot take anything away from him. Mm-hmm. He is going to find find the counter no matter what defensive scheme you throw at him. First, and because of the size advantage stuff, that's why you can't slow him down. It's like, what are you going to do? He's planted at the top of the key. You can see everybody over him. Like It's not like you can throw two at him and he's going to – like he can see everybody over him and he's going to find that opening and he's going to make that pass quickly. Like, And I think what, what shows that the most is the lobs to Gordon. 
right? Whether it's Murray or Jokic, those guys have figured out where those soft spots are going to be, where the Heat are, are not going to be as, you know, disciplined on because they're so worried about your guys, especially in these more aggressive defenses that, that they've mixed in um, in these finals. And they're, and they're just diagnosing it like this, and they figured it out. That's why I don't know what the answer is. And I agree with Brady that I, I do like when they mix in their their two two one press, um, you know when it, it starts off with the press going into the zone. I'm a big fan of that, uh, just because it's very different than what teams are used to. Of course, it's a it's it's a counter punch type of thing. I wouldn't be surprised either if they go back to it. But just as far as like how you guard the screens, I still don't have a good answer. Like I I, I would rather have Highsmith out there chasing Murray around the screens, whether he's going over or under, to have the extra size on him, and I think maybe that helps. I don't think you send two as much. You know, you can mix it in a couple of times every now and then, but once you, you do it for more than a couple of possessions in a row, I hate it. I really hate it. And, like, the thing with their role players that are killing you is they're also – and here – not to go back to this narrative, but, like, those guys were big-time talents when they got drafted, right? Yeah. And even though, like, Aaron Gordon was the fourth pick in the draft and it was a centerpiece of a team before he went to the Magic and is now an elite role player over there. Michael Porter hasn't had a good series, but that guy was supposed to be, I said this on another pod, you know, a top five pick before he had his injuries. He's obviously really talented there. Um, And look, Bruce Brown was not a big time talent, but man, that guy has killed you too. Because as much as Gordon killed you last game, Bruce Brown did the same. Like every time that Porter is struggling out there, they end up just playing Bruce Brown more and he's giving them more because it's not just about three and D. Like the guy is handling the ball and making pretty good decisions too. He's just a really good role player. Um, so it's going to be interesting this summer to see what they do with him with his player option. But that's the problem, right, is whatever you do, they have a counter. And mm-hmm. there is no one way to stop Jokic. You can't take anything away from him. He is, I don't know, he's the most unstoppable force in the league right now because there is no right way to guard him. And you definitely don't have, I think, the proper personnel to make it hard on him all the time. So therefore... I'm thinking, you know, maybe you don't help so much. Maybe you don't play so aggressively other than a possession or two. And you just say, hey, Highsmith, Bam, you know, or if it's Caleb and Bam guarding those two guys, do the best you can. You know, maybe you throw in a late help if somebody gets beat, which is obviously not ideal. But just letting them pick you apart over and over again has killed you, I think, too many times already. At this point, like, I think you just have to live and die with what they're going to do with their two-man game because there is no right way. And even me saying that, I'm not confident about it. That's that's where this series has left me. It's like I'm not sure what what the answers are. So I can't imagine what Spo is going through right now. Yeah, well, that that high low pass from Jokic. I mean, again, when they have cutters and you know they're they're working the baseline like that, and especially a guy like Gordon who can elevate, there's just not a lot. I you know, and, and when we come back, yeah, that's part of what this is about. And you know, whatever the end result ends up being here. I think it's appropriate if this heat season ends without a championship that it ends against a team like this, because this is this is just this is a really well constructed, well oiled machine right now that they're facing in a lot of the same ways as I said before the series. It reminds me not in terms of personnel, but in terms of how they were coming into this a little bit like the 2014 Spurs. If you if you look at the Spurs trajectory during that 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 playoffs, it's very similar to the Nuggets. And he just ran into a team then, even with LeBron James, okay, that they could not handle. And I, I this looks to me like this kind of team. You mentioned Jokic. There is, I, I did grow up in the age of the great big men, okay? Not that I was one of them, but I, I grew up in that age. This guy's nothing like any of them. Like, you, you look for a comparison, like, 
Okay, I, I know the game has changed, and probably if a, if if Akeem played in this era, he would do some of the same things that Jokic does. He'd be at the high post a little bit more often. He'd extend his range out to three. Um, Akeem had agility, obviously, that Jokic does not have. I mean, Akeem was a former soccer player, okay? And and so he was different that way. But in terms of the dominance, and he's a totally different player, it's Shaq-like, honestly. Like, I covered those series with Shaq uh, in the Lakers in the early 2000s. I covered the finals when they uh, – Philadelphia, Iverson got the one game against them, and then that was it, okay? Because they, he was averaging like 32 and 18 during that entire series. Um, and just killing people. The series against Indiana, which if you look back at that Pacers team, was a really good team. Okay, really. I mean, Jalen Rose and, and, and Reggie Miller and the Davis uh, Davis brothers and all the rest of that stuff, really, really good team. They couldn't do anything with Shaq during that series. New Jersey uh, at the time was the New Jersey Nets com- with Jason Kidd and Kenyon Martin, Kerry Kill, completely overmatched. This is like that, even though obviously Jokic is playing at the high post, and I don't think Shaq played there one day in his life. But I, it's just, it's the dominance is him. Um, the basketball IQ is Akeem. Uh, and there's a little Ewing in there too, uh, in terms of uh, so, some of some of the shooting ability. He's just got a lot of everything. I mean, he's got everything but David Robinson. David Robinson, elite athlete compared to him. But and then the, he can the rest, shoot from anywhere on the court and it, is also it, a better passer than all these guys. Like, it, it's like when you turn him into a driver. A I mean, it, he's it, like the best finisher. Like he has all these crazy finishes. There is nothing you can take away from him. No, it, it's like they created him in a lab in a lab by accident. Like, like it's like he has all, the entire skill set in the wrong body. Like you just it, and it's 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 insane. And at this point, like I said, if they're going to lose, okay, which, you know, obviously we hope that they extend it on Monday night, uh, it's against a team that is worthy, I I think. And, I, you know, you look at some of these teams in the East, Milwaukee, Boston, they both had their own issues this season. uh, But this Denver team is – everybody was waiting for somebody to pass them this year, right? Ja was going to get his shit together. Didn't happen, right? Kawhi and PG were going to get healthy. Didn't happen. LeBron and AD were going to go on one of those runs together. Happened for a little bit, but not, not long enough. Uh, Phoenix, Durant, and Booker were going to take. Everybody was waiting for somebody to pass this team. They're just better than everybody else this year. They're just better. And I watched the Panthers series last night, and I'm watching that, and I'm like, Vegas isn't better than the Panthers. They're catching some breaks and things are happening. I don't think they're significantly better. I just think Denver's just better than everybody. But we'll, we'll get to more of that as we get to our predictions here on the other side. We do want to mention Better Edge. That's where you put your predictions into action. You can bet legally there. That's the difference between this one and all of the others. Use code 5RSN. That's the number 5RSN. Get $20 to bet. It is legal in 44 states, including the state of Florida. It's based in Minneapolis, not in Costa Rica or some offshore place you're never going to see your money. You will see it here. We're running tournaments there as well. We'll run another tournament for Game 5. Make sure you get on there because we're going to be doing a ton of stuff there uh, going forward. BetterEdge.com. Use the code 5RSN. That's the number 5RSN at BetterEdge.com. Dot com and get, get, get $20 to play. With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments. Get started at Chime.com slash build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Results may vary. See Chime.com for details. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, 
ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, let's get to it. Um, Brady, do you give us any chance of coming back for game six on Thursday? Yeah, I mean, for a game six, I definitely give him a chance because I we had the same feeling, and it's a totally different scenario, but we had the same feeling heading into game seven at Boston where it was like, just try to – do you give this team a chance heading into that building? Yes, it was a game seven. Yes, it wasn't the Denver Nuggets. Uh, but I've just seen this play out before, and if you look at even the trends, some things we were talking about – it really does come down, in my opinion, is as simple as three-point shooting. It just really is. You look at the three losses this season in this series, 31%, 32%, 33%. Their one win was a 49% three-point shooting night uh, in game two. That may scare you because you're probably saying to yourself they're not shooting 49% from three again, but I don't think they have to. They just don't. They just can't shoot 30%. Like They probably have to shoot somewhere in the middle. If they can find a way to shoot 40% from three, I think they're sitting nicely, so we'll see if they're able to do that. And I know everybody's like, well, they're not going to be able to do that because the, the Denver's adjusted and they're still playing a three. They can still get good looks. Just because they're staying home on three-point shooters doesn't mean you cannot get good three-point looks. Like, there's ways of doing it. Uh, so I definitely give them a chance. But it really is, as much as I could sit here and talk role players, and the last time they headed into that that game seven in Boston, uh, it was the big Caleb Martin game. and it was. Oh, I think we lost Brady's wireless there for a second. He's going to pop back. <laughs> so, I know what he's going to say, though. He's going to say, we haven't talked about Jimmy yet. I, I feel like that's where that was going. So when Brady comes back, we'll, he'll pop back in there. Alex, and I'll, I'll let Brady finish when he comes back. Alex, do you give him a chance to win? I definitely give him a chance to win. I think um, the thing is, there's like two different ways to go about this, right? And I mentioned this before during, during this playoff run, like the heart versus the brain stuff, right? My heart says there's a chance. My brain is like, yeah, those chances are, are dwindling every game. And, um, okay, I think we've got Brady back here. And we have we a, two Brady's. There yeah. we go. You know what? I'll let Brady close there. Because you said something about and then I'll go down. The, the Caleb Martin game you were saying, and then we lost you. Yeah, I was just saying that we, we, we last time we had headed into that situation, you had the Caleb Martin game, you had the role player game, but I just feel like in this scenario, we're not looking at those guys to bail you out. Like, you really do need Jimmy Butler to be Jimmy Butler. And I'm not even saying Milwaukee series Jimmy Butler. It just has to be some version of a high-level Jimmy Butler and it doesn't even have to be him dropping 40. It just has to be him doing enough to set up the other guys to put the role players in a, in a position because it's not like you're rolling up into, into Denver and saying, Kayla Martin, go do this. Duncan Robinson, go do this. You have to set a tone. So uh, that's just a big thing to me. If you can find a way to set a tone to allow your team to be in a good position to shoot well from three, and that's why I leaned the offense early when you asked that question, they definitely have a chance to send this back to a game six, in my opinion. Heart of the brain, Alex. That's the thing, right? The heart tells me, yeah, there's a chance this team has rallied back and dealt with adversity all season and, you know, in the playoffs, playing teams that were supposed to be the favorites. But then the brain is like, yeah, this Nuggets team just pre- presents so many problematic matchup and scheme problems that you haven't quite figured out yet. And, yeah, I've said before that if you, ha- if you don't really have a defensive game plan that you feel works – then I don't like the heat chances in pretty much any series because I think that's that's what they're kind of built off. So yeah, the brain is like, no, this this one's probably over. But my my heart is telling me, you know, they've done this before. Not the three one thing, but they've they've gone on, in, you know, on the road and won games where everybody has counted them out several times in this exact playoff run. So 
um, yeah, I will give him a chance. And I agree with Brady. Like, it's hard because Jimmy has already given you so much in this playoff run, and it's clear that as time goes on, um, the ankle is kind of affecting him more and more. He's giving you everything he's got. But I think, you know, like I mentioned before, if you make some of these changes where, you know, he doesn't really have to guard Jamal Murray much, if at all, other than, you know, a late shot clock switch or something like that, I think it would be easier for him and his ankles. Um, and I think you just need a steady you – need, you need to not get destroyed at the rim because that's mm-hmm. – there, there's – okay, there's multiple things because the three-point shooting is huge. I think you, you definitely need a hot shooting night where you're shooting it better. But that rim problem – has just been so bad this entire series where I, I think they're getting, what is it? Hold on. They're getting about 11 or 12% more shots at the rim than you are in this series. And they're obviously finishing a lot better than, than you are too. You have to, you have to find a way to limit those easy opportunities. Cause that's, what's really killing me before another series with the heat's game plan. It's, it was always like they give up the most threes and you got to watch out for these guys killing you from three. The nuggets did beat you from three last game. And, you know, that happened with six combined threes between Gordon and Brown, the exact guys who you would help off of and let shoot those three. So that part is demoralizing about it. But not only that, like the Nuggets really kill you with those pain opportunities that you create when you're helping off more than the threes. And that's why that stuff has really had me shook. And that's why I, I end up going back to that, you know, that uh, thought pattern of try not to help off so much other than, you know, some selective opportunities here and there because those guys are just going to pick you apart i think you have to have a defensive game where they're not killing you at the rim you need to have the hot shooting game and you need jimmy and bam to just be okay or or better when it comes to finishing in the paint because that's what they were so good at all year again with the mid-range stuff like those in-between shots were the heat specialty as a team all year and it's kind of uh fallen down in the series even though the frequency has gone up so i feel like the nuggets have done a good job with their defensive game plan especially as they've um, stayed home on shooters more. And that's why there's it, it, going to be pressure on Jimmy and Bam. Like you can't have these games where you're missing all these looks at the rim that you made all year. And this, they're not easy. Like Jokic is a gigantic man and he's doing a good job there, um, you know, for his limitations. They're, they're making it better. They're making it easier on him too, to not have to deal with everything by himself. They, Jimmy and Bam are going to have to take those shots that they're allowing him to take. Right. And I, I think that's what it comes down to. It's a make or miss league. I don't know if I've ever said that on this pod because it's so cliche, Jimmy and Bam are going to have to make those um, those shots that they've made all year, and they're almost going to have to play perfect. That's what this series has come down to. When you're down 3-1, going into Denver, the margin for error is so damn low. Beat them from three. Don't get absolutely destroyed at the rim, and that's pretty much what it comes down to. Jimmy and Bam need to do their thing other than that. Uh, here, here's why this is different uh, for me. I, we're, none of us is expecting a huge Jimmy Butler game right now. I, I think that's where we're at. I think even in Boston game seven, you thought, okay, maybe Jimmy can drag them to the next round. None of us were thinking that. I don't think he has it in him at this stage. That's just where I'm at. But I'll say this. I give them a better chance to win game six, game five than game six. That's where I'm at. I, I, I don't think there's any chance they win a game six at home. I, I don't. like the, the way that they looked in those last two games – has nothing to do with the fact that people are still at the concession stands, Kevin O'Connor, uh, with the f- first three minutes of the third quarter. You try to get out of those concession stands. It'll take you 25, 30 minutes. I, re- I recommend to everybody, eat at home, okay? But I don't give – I have no confidence in them winning a game six. I have a little confidence in them winning a game five. I just feel that this sets up for them uh, the same way that that game seven did – and I also think this Nuggets team, and Mike Malone is kind of, we kind of mocked it early in this series because 
we're like, oh, Malone's not showing any respect to the Heat because he's making it all about the Nuggets' effort, right, after they lost that game too. But there is something to that. Like, if, if you if you talk to Denver writers, people have been around the team the whole year, they have lapses at times. Um, and if you're ever going to have a lapse, it's when the trophy's in your building um, and you think that this thing is ordained to you at this point. And so if they relax a little bit, Miami, again, if they can make their three-point shots, if they can kill the rim disparity a little bit, and if they can force some turnovers – they got to get the Nuggets to at least 11 or 12 turnovers. You cannot win a game in the NBA Finals where the other team has six turnovers. I, I know it's difficult because Murray has improved a lot as a playmaker, as a ball handler, as a decision maker. And obviously, Jokic is not going to turn the ball over a ton. He just doesn't for a player with his kind of usage. But you have to get some, okay? There's got to be some activity. That's why Heisman has to play in this game. He has to play, okay? Because you have to get that activity defensively you're not giving up that much offensively by playing him at this point because the guys he would be replacing are not giving you anything offensively. And Duncan, you need his gravity in this game as well. So if Shrews starts, if Gabe starts, I think Gabe's going to be better. I, I don't really know what was up with him in the last one. The game before was the foul trouble. This last game, I don't know. He just he wasn't into it. Uh, he, 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 I haven't seen a game like that from Gabe in a long time. I think he'll be better. I don't know where Shrews is from a confidence standpoint at this point. Um, I think you got to go to Duncan early if you don't start him. I give them a chance. I'm giving them a 35 to 40% chance of dragging this thing back to game six. The fact that we've got a watch party at Tropical Distillers probably doesn't help. I recommend you guys come hang out with us because either way, we're going to celebrate the season or we're going to celebrate a great win here. I give them no chance to win a game six. I just don't. And I know it's funny because if they win game five, everybody's going to get hyped for this game six. And the ticket's going to be $1,200 for like 400 level and all that. I don't know, man. I, I, I have a hard time believing. And, and I guess I'll ask you guys this, okay? This is a terrible way to end, but we thank our sponsors, MortgageByRosh.com, Water Cleanup of Florida, Better Edge. Of course, Prize Picks, use the code 5FIVE. If they're going to lose this series, which would hurt more? I, I need short answers on this one. Which would hurt more? Losing in Denver... Okay, kind of like they lost in San Antonio 2014. We didn't know at the moment that that was the last time that LeBron was going to play in a Miami Heat uniform. Losing in Denver, them celebrating out there, the Heat having to go back, or dragging this thing back to a game six and the Nuggets celebrating on your floor. Which would be worse, Alex? That's an easy one. Uh, definitely the home floor. And maybe I'm biased because that means we're <laughs> going to have to be there for that. Exactly. Uh, but it's really just like, <laughs> Going out, losing, at that point, a fifth straight home game yeah. to get eliminated from the finals after you went out with three straight last year, and I didn't stop mentioning it even up to this point. Like, that is just, again, with the sequel stuff, it's it's a worse sequel than last year in that way. You cannot lose a fifth straight home game. I think it's, it's an easy answer. I'm going with that. I think you have to win that game six at home. Otherwise, it's even more embarrassing. Like, game five, at this point, everybody has already counted you out. Yeah. They're, everybody's saying... You know, the Nuggets are the better team. They've looked like the better team. The Heat are still missing, you know, their 20 points per game score. Their superstar is not playing like a superstar, and they've limited your game. They've been the better team, have outplayed you, outclassed you, all those things. It wouldn't be that crazy. It wouldn't be that that hurt, you know, um, I think hurtful and painful if they lost in game five. You lose that home game after getting everybody everybody's expectations back up that you can maybe force a game seven. That's just embarrassing and, you know, a, a taint on this run that you're – you know, two straight years you go out because you can't win games at home. Ethan, you yeah. want to end this? Ethan, you want to end this on a negative note? I'll ask you a question. Would you rather win 
the Heat win in seven or win in a three-one comeback to win the NBA Finals. So we should we should end it like that. That that's a better way of framing it. Wait, so what are my choices? They could either win by win. You just win with a, in a back and forth series into a game seven. Or you can win with a 3-1 comeback. In honor of Greg, I had to pose that question so we no, can well, have a little positivity. I'm sure he's texting you even though even though uh, he's not even aware we're doing the podcast right now. I, I, look, obviously a 3-1 con- uh, comeback would be yeah. the perfect capper on what we've seen this postseason and the most ridiculous thing in NBA history, an 8 seed to do that. I mean, you know, look, the Cavs doing it in 2016 with LeBron James being completely nuclear and maybe – you know, it's either that or 2012-2013, which is the best LeBron James we've ever seen um, – yeah, I mean, this would be the craziest story of all time, for sure. Um, and they would have to do it in Denver, too, which is just – they would have to do it on the twice. road in, in that place twice. <laughs> they got three wins. Three in a row in Denver. Road, three wins in Denver, a place that what they hadn't won in like 72 years. Um, it, it would be unbelievable. That would sum sure. up this heat season well. Uh, it, it certainly would. Um, but I'll <laughs> go back to reality here. If it's, if yeah. it's game six – Neither of you guys is going to cover the Denver press conferences, are you? Like, no I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to do those, right? That's 100. Work. There's no way I'm going there. There's no. <laughs> I've well, already I'll, got I'll used you, to it, man. I'll let you guys talk to the Heat shooters after they go what, what, oh, oh, of 18 in that game. All right, we're we're gonna try to think positive though. Tropical Distillers, check us out on Monday night. We've got a crew from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Not just the Heat guys. A lot of others are gonna be showing up uh, there as well. We'll see what happens. Uh, if there's a game six, we'll all be there. If there's a game, well, there is a game five. Mateo Mayorga is going to have coverage for us out in Denver. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports.